Hi, welcome to Crypto Ramble. I'm Desiree. A couple days ago, a speech was given by Mark Carney, who's the governor of the Bank of England. To be honest, I did see a headline and that's what made me click on this speech or end up there. And it was about how central banks were considering using a currency, a cryptocurrency such as Libra as an alternative to the current world reserve currency being the US dollar and I was like ew but then I went and I went through some links and I ended up actually looking at the whole speech and it's quite fascinating so it's titled the growing challenges for monetary policy in the current international monetary and financial system and what Mr. Carney or however you pronounce his name does is tells you the state of things tell you what he thinks the issues are and then the solutions and one of them being using cryptocurrencies as an alternative for central banks to use globally as a reserve currency i just wanted to give some background so the jackson hole economic policy symposium is the federal reserve bank of kansas city's economic policy symposium in jackson hole wyoming the usa it's one of the longest standing central banking conferences in the world the event brings together economic economists financial market participants, academics, U.S. government representatives, and news media to discuss the long-term policy issues of mutual concern. So, that's what that is. And uh, I guess I'll kind of go through what he says. So, I'm trying to keep this video really short. The point that he makes is that right now there's too much reliance on the US dollar as a world economic reserve because it negatively affects especially emerging market economies and also there is too much reliance and on the US dollar and dominance of the US dollar considering its actual economic output and reliability. He really specifically talks about emerging market economies, smaller economies just other countries around the world and how they're negatively affected in terms of price stability and the volatility of capital flows, which is means mostly investments from foreign countries into their economies. And how even though the US economy might be getting better, it's actually not getting better for the rest of the world. I did highlight a couple of quotes from there. One that I found interesting was the combination of these factors means that US developments have significant spillovers onto both the trade performance and the financial conditions of countries, even with relatively limited direct exposure to the US economy. Another one is the resulting dollar strength and financial spillovers tightened financial conditions in most other economies by more than was warranted by their domestic conditions. Two thirds of the global economy was growing at, at below potential rates at the start of 2019, and that proportion has since risen to five sixths. More recently, the dramatic increase in trade tensions has reinforced their effects by increasing risk premia. So a lot of other countries, including the one I'm from, Jamaica, they focus on inflation targeting and stabilizing capital flows like investments because they rely a lot on foreign investment into the countries, which I think is a bad thing, but that's just the state of things nowadays. Actually, if you are at all interested on my other channel, that's called Just Thinking Out Loud, I have a specific video that talks about the Jamaican economy. It's called the effects of socialism in Jamaica, either that or democratic socialism in Jamaica. 
just in case you for some reason were interested in that another quote that i thought was interesting was when change comes it shouldn't be to swap one currency hegemony for another any unipolar system is unsuited to a multipolar world we would do well to think through every opportunity including those presented by new technologies to create a more balanced and effective system basically what he's arguing throughout this paper is that we need to stop having one country have such strong effects on the rest of the world even though it's just one country and that the benefits for the rest of the world are quite limited even as the negative effects are felt more strongly for the rest of the world when the u.s has a negative something negative happen to it versus the positive effects being felt for other countries when the u.s is doing well so it's kind of not worth it another thing that highlights his position Another quote is, as well as being the dominant currency, the U.S. dollar, for the invoicing and settling of international trade, the U.S. dollar is the currency of choice for securities, issuance, and holdings, and reserves of the official sector. Another quote, given the widespread dominance of the dollar in cross-border claims, it is not surprising that developments in the U.S. economy by affecting the dollar exchange rate can have large spillover effects to the rest of the world via asset markets. As Helen, Helen Ray has put it, and as... Who cares who's okay? Excuse me. As Helen Ray has put it, and as Arvin, Krishna Murthy, and Hannah Lustig echo in their paper for this symposium, the global financial cycle is a dollar cycle. Another quote is that for EMEs, emerging market economies, over the past two decades, inflation targeting has been widely adopted, fiscal policy is generally improved, and macroprudential policy is increasingly active. There's actually an interesting Bank of Jamaica inflation target commercial ad that many people liked because they use music in there okay and then another quote all told this means that in the face of foreign shocks emerging market economies are forced to compromise their monetary sovereignty temporarily diverting monetary policy away from targeting domestic outputs and inflation and instead using it to try to stabilize capital flows the deficiencies of the international monetary financial system affect emerging market economies more directly than advanced economies but their consequences influence everyone because they reduce the global equilibrium interest rates and then you're talking about emerging market economies possibly being able to make their capital flows more sustainable and uh he talks about building the resilience of their banks deepening domestic capital markets to reduce the reliance on foreign currency debts and expanding the scope and application of their macroprudential toolkits to guard against excessive credit growth during booms. Bank of England research finds that tightening prudential policy in EMEs, emerging market economies, dampens the spillover from US monetary policy, policy by around a quarter. I thought that was nice, but I also think that these countries wouldn't be in the position that they're in if they were like that in the first place, and that's not likely to happen for the foreseeable future. I'm very, very pessimistic about this kind of stuff, <laughs> about countries having proper fiscal policy that more relies on not obtaining foreign debt in order to finance large capital expenses that are usually about helping the rest of society. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then more detail into why the capital flows are unsustainable for emerging market economies. Another quote, these flows now account for around one third of total portfolio flows into emerging market economies compared to around one tenth pre-crisis. 
30 trillion dollars of global assets are held in investment funds that are particularly flighty reflecting their promise of daily liquidity to investors despite invested in potentially illiquid underlying assets such as eme debt uh so you know it's like i think vanguard has like a foreign markets uh, stock that you can invest in uh, that's not really a good example i'm not in any way very well versed in these things but it's just saying that you can invest in foreign economies and then you can pull out at the slightest chance and so that's not sustainable for those foreign economies however some of the recommendations given just now that i think won't even be followed is that these foreign countries the emerging market ones stop relying so heavily on capital flows and strengthen their own domestic markets and then he also quotes Emerging market economy equity funds are twice as responsive as advanced economy equity funds. So that's the issue. That's what's wrong and that's the problems they're trying to solve. Carney is proposing a world reserve currency that reduces the amount of negative spillover effects and shocks on the rest of the world, especially pointing out the trouble with emerging market economies. And then he was talking about possibly introducing a new world reserve currency and why the transition might not be smooth and why he doesn't think it should be another country's currency. Another quote here is the resulting world with two competing providers of reserve currencies served to destabilize the international monetary system and some would argue the lack of coordination between monetary policymakers during this time contributed to the global scarcity in liquidity and worsened the severity of the Great Depression. History shows that the rise of a reserve currency is founded on its usefulness as a medium of exchange by reducing the cost and increasing the convenience of international payments. The additional functions of money as a unit of account and store of wealth come later and reinforce the payments motive. Other things he talks about for a new reserve currency for the world is the terms of engagement for any new systemic private payment system must be enforced well in advance of any launch. This was right after he introduced the Libra or something like, like Libra as a possible use, use case for central banks around the world. And he says, as a consequence, it is an open question whether such a new synthetic hegemonic currency would be best provided by the public sector, perhaps through a network of central bank digital currencies. So that was what he said. Um, I just thought that was interesting seeing the reasoning behind why he was proposing Libra and the focus so much on emerging market economies. And just the issues with the US dollar as a the current world reserve currency. So I won't lie to you, when I first heard this, I did think, oh my god, new world order stuff, the centralized banking system wants to have a digital way of having everyone use their financial system and it's just basically the same old centralized banking system but using technology and making it digital instead. I think that that could be the outcome of this. However, I don't think that it's necessarily due to nefarious intentions. I think it's just the old system working the only way it knows how and trying to adopt new technology. This technology that is blockchain is open to everyone, including banks and private companies and governments. However, yeah, I really would prefer that the decentralized form of blockchain being used as a currency like Bitcoin or other altcoins 
is what's actually adopted by most of the world um, and that people can understand that money and currency doesn't have to come from centralized institutions that we're used to. And most of the world definitely does not understand that. So it's interesting hearing some of the reasoning behind it because it, it gives what he saved more weight and he's not just like an evil New World Order guy. But at the same time, as I always say, that that's not really the dream of crypto or Bitcoin. I mean, Bitcoin came around the time of everyone being fed up with the current banking system. And there's a reason for that. And centralized banks coming together just to make their lives easier, but still being in control is the opposite of centralization. And, you know, last year, the year before, everybody was just talking about decentralization, decentralization, decentralization. This is not decentralization. And they did pick Libra or thoughts of Libra because I remember from reading the Libra light paper that that was specifically trying to reduce the volatility of Bitcoin, for example. So I get that, but if more people used it, then there would be less volatility. And barely anybody uses cryptocurrency right now, comparatively speaking. Obviously, I'm of the opinion that we would want a decentralized version of what he calls a new synthetic hegemonic currency. And we would want at least the potential for competition so people can move freely. I mean, countries and states, nation states can do what they want. But if we have enough people using decentralized currency like Bitcoin or I don't know, my favorite altcoin, Particle, or other ones that are cool too, then that's much better than what they are proposing. So, but I, would, I don't expect anything less. Like, they can come up with their own schemes too. Like, what else would you expect people to do? But move in the direction that they're familiar with and uh, adapt. They're just adapting to the new digital world. And some of these issues he was talking about were very important. I don't necessarily think that they should be solved by a centralized authority. Um, I do think that these countries should take more responsibility on these issues and figuring them out. But it was good to see them highlighted because I didn't really know about... I didn't... It was good to be reminded of these issues. Yeah. I thought this was really interesting news and I hope you learned something um, listening to me kind of go through this guy's speech, which is pretty long. And there's some interesting figures in here too, just showing the volatility of capital flows for emerging market economies. That was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me know what you think. If you like my content, please subscribe, give a like. Let me know what you think in the comment section. You can find me on other platforms like Steemit and Minds and DTube. And uh, have a good day, <laughs> please. And I will talk to you soon. Goodbye.